And that image, that vision never wavered. And so every time I would lose weight, I would lose 50 pounds, gain it all back. I would lose 60 pounds, 70 pounds, gain it all back. And then it would bring friends. And I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but it was this vision that I held on, that I clung to, that said, there must be another way. Welcome to another episode of the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm Tamika from TamikaMcTeer.com. If you are new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community that believes that there is no age that defines the life of every woman. So every week you'll hear a conversation that I know will inspire you to change your mindset, gain confidence, and live a lifestyle thriving, not determined by age. What's up, what's up? Well, hello there and welcome back to another episode of the Ageless Conversations podcast. Joining us today, we have Jovelle Webb, MAT, MSN, RN, who's an expert of her own body and asking the questions. She is catalyzed by discomfort, courageously challenging her fears, providing herself right and others wrong, and above all, living the life she knows God has created and purposed her to live. With her unwavering, God-given vision of living a healthier and being comfortable in her own skin, she lost more than 85 pounds and has kept it off for over four years because she internalized being transformed by the renewing of your mind. For her, that meant no longer betraying herself or her faith and fully embracing fun. She turned her personal transformations into her business, Extend Yourself Grace LLC, and have been helping women of color and women of faith to learn to live healthier and fulfilled by aligning their actions with their faith. Jovelle is a multi-passionate who leads with the spirit of human dignity and passionate patience. She is a thought leader, strategic health coach, speaker, and writer who shares her message of hope in various capacities, which have included co-hosting the Women's Evolve podcast with New York Times bestselling pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts, regularly facilitating bariatric support groups at the John Hopkins Center for Bariatric Surgery at Sibley Memorial Hospital and facilitating the Interactive Health and Wellness Workshop Progress Not Over Perfection at the Environmental Protection Agency and writing Healing from a Place of Hurriedness, a piece featured in an international nutrition newsletter. Javelle, welcome to the Aces Conversations podcast. I'm excited for this conversation with you today. As am I. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. And before we go deep into this conversation and listeners get to hear all about you and your phenomenal story, I'd love for you to share something with our listeners that they wouldn't know just by hearing your voice or anything that I haven't shared with them in your bio and that they're going to learn through our conversation today. What's a fun fact or something that they just wouldn't know that you'd love to share with them? Fun fact, I have traveled fairly extensively. I've been to about 35 countries, mostly in Latin America and Western Europe. That's awesome. This travel journey, how did it get started? You've been so many places. My parents, definitely my parents. They are both from the Caribbean. My mom is from Jamaica and my dad is from a very tiny island, Montserrat, near Antigua. And so my dad lived in the Caribbean for my childhood where he worked and my brothers and my mom and I lived in Boston and he would commute back and forth. And so we, of course, would spend a lot of time in the Caribbean also. And while we were there, it was like, Ooh, let's just pop over to this other island and see what's, what's going on in Trinidad this weekend. Like, yeah. So they knew the importance of travel and seeing the world to open your own world. And so 
they had me traveling since I was a very, very tiny baby. I love that. And I love that you said traveling to see the world, to open your own world. Of all the places that you visited, if you could tell a person of all the places you've been to just go to one of them, which place would it be and why? Panama, because Panama, I, I have felt the most at home in Panama. I've never felt more at home than even in like, I'm just like, oh, this is, this is me. This is where I belong. People look like me, same skin color, same complexion, same big curly hair when I had actual hair, <laughs> but big curly hair, and I felt so warmly embraced by the people there. If you're going to go anywhere, just go to Panama and enjoy. And would you say the same thing about their cuisines? What's been oh the my gosh. What food would you enjoy most? Literally any. I mean, this is, <laughs> I eat ethnic food all the time, and I don't care what it is, because I just know it's going to be good. There's going to be flavor. There's going to just be like... It's like a whole entire fiesta all the time. Like we get to explore not only through physical travel, but I get to explore other cultures by just eating something delicious. Yeah. So you sound like me in the way that you described it when it comes to food. If it's ethnic food, like anything else, I'm loving it because it's always so full of flavor. And it's not the normal, like American food is like the least on my list. When it comes to yes. like foods and what wanting to eat, cause that stuff that like, I feel like American food is like, it's bland. It just tastes like salt or it's nothing exciting about it. When I feel like I eat other food, it's like aromas. Like you can taste yes. all the different flavors. The everything is just amazing. <laughs> You're my people. I already knew it, but like now I know it, know it. <laughs> everything, everything is just amazing. Yeah, so thanks for sharing that. Though I always love to start out just by doing something a little fun like that and just finding out things about people. So I really love that you're like a traveler. Yeah. Yeah, so now we're going to transition over into just like the conversation that I've been looking forward to having with you for a while. I know I reached out to you a while ago to be a guest here and you were a little busy, but I wanted to let you know that I definitely wanted to have you back. So I circle back with you. And you were finally available. So, again, I'm excited to have you here and share, you know, you with the audience for them to know a little bit more about your story. But as we kick off this conversation, Javelle, when you hear the word obesity, what's one of the first things that come to mind for you? Okay. First of all, now I, okay. All right. So this is what we're doing today. I love it. I love it. What does that mean? Tell me. <laughs> that means you did not come to play games. We're not wasting time today. We, we just be diving right in. And I love a good dive. I love a deep dive. The shallow end is not where I want to spend my time, right? You get to do more fun things in the deep. When I think of obesity, I think of a lot of things. The first of which is um, pressure. I think of the pressure that is this external pressure that is being exerted on me, right? If I'm a person who has obesity and obesity is in fact a disease, which people don't even recognize, right? And so I think of obesity as this thing that needs to still be understood, right? So obesity is a disease as cancer is a disease. And before people get up in arms, like, let me just explain myself. <laughs> cancer, like obesity, has a genetic component, right? There's also a behavioral component. And so if we were to look at the statistics, we go, oh, it's clear. But 
when we when it comes to obesity, we think, well, you just need to you need better, more willpower. You need to do something different. And it's like, okay, but what about all of the food deserts that people are living in? What about in the black community? How we are so much more likely to have drive through liquor stores. Okay, I didn't know that existed until I moved to Maryland. Fast food restaurants, these more densely populated, high-calorie, low-nutrient, dense foods. And so when I also think of obesity, I think we need to remove the stigma around it because nobody chooses to live in a body that the world says is not good enough, is not beautiful, is not that is really the the least. Nobody opts into that. Nobody opts into adversity and struggle. And yet everybody has had a loved one who has either been overweight or had the disease of obesity because two out of three people in the U.S., that is just, that's, those are the stats. This is true. And so really it's a question of like, sometimes I don't think people even understand when I say, you look so pretty in your face what that does, how that erodes our mm. confidence, because, okay, I'm, I'll stop talking with you. Keep going. No, go, go, go. <laughs> because it erodes our confidence because to you, you think you're actually giving me a compliment. You think you're saying, oh, you are stunning. But what you're saying is from the neck up, you're stunning. But from the neck down, oh, girl, we've really got to do something about it. And so there's... It is said with good intention, but the hurt stings and the hurt lingers for so long, for so long. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love how you shared it. And so thinking about your story, knowing who you are and how your life has completely transformed over these past few years, when you heard the word obesity being spoke to you, when you first heard it, what were some of the first thoughts to come to mind for you? Well, obesity is a word that I've always known. And it's actually not just obesity, right? But since I was a teenager, I was called morbidly obese. And so it took a, we all learn a lot of things, right? From K through 12, if you go to school, you, you learn how to do certain things. And we are also socialized, right? Schools were first developed and created to socialize people how to be, how to work, how to think, how to do. And in the same way that we're socialized, that we're taught to do some things, we're also taught that like the body's not good enough. Who you are isn't good enough. And that what started as a mustard seed is one person saying it. All these Mm. people kept planting mustard seeds. I had to unlearn those things. I had to uproot those and say, hold up. First of all, God never said that about me. I don't need, where did that thing come from? When I think these negative, harmful, painful thoughts about myself, like whose thought is it really? Is it my thought? Because why would I say something? So I would never say this negative thing about myself that I would to a friend. How could I, how could I possibly think I'm ugly? Well, people told me, but do I believe it? And that takes intentionality to say, I deserve, I deserve better. I deserve more. I deserve good. Yeah, I like that. But when you talk about the mustard seeds of what was planted for you, what was it that gave you the power and how has your faith fueled you to use those mustard seeds 
as a change agent for you to say that I'm going to do something and I'm no longer going to be identified as morbidly obese? Well, first I had to get really uncomfortable with myself. People may have heard of the stages of change. You can you cannot change something before you're ready, right? I can't want something more for someone else than they want for themselves. If they're in denial, they just they're not going to make any changes. But when they're ready, watch out, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. then they will change. And so, I had this vision in my head that I could do life differently. But somehow I would be able to be comfortable, to live comfortably in my own body. And that image, that vision never wavered. And so every time I would lose weight, I would lose 50 pounds, gain it all back. I would lose 60 pounds, 70 pounds, gain it all back. And then it would bring friends. And I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but it was this vision that I held on, that I clung to, that said, there must be another way. So I started doing things instead of, let me do workouts that I hate, workouts as punishment, eating foods that I hate. Like, what if I just had like a little fun? Like, what if the thing that makes it sustainable is fun, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's what I did. I made working out fun. My nutritionist was like, okay, why don't you start low? And I was like, well, this is not going to work anyway. So, so I, okay. And I remember when I first committed to doing it this way, I remember telling some friends and they were like, well, why are you even going to do it? You know, it's not going to work. And I was like, oh, now, okay. Now, now I'm an attitude. I got a powder and an attitude off of it, huh? <laughs> So now I go, okay, well, I, I already thought that it was impossible. I knew it, I didn't even th- I, I knew that what I wanted to do was impossible, but absolute worst case, nothing changed. Worst case, I stayed exactly the same, but I knew best case, I was going to become who I had envisioned myself to yeah. become. Yeah. And so... That's what I did every time these people doubted me. And they, ooh, these people said some nasty things. Ooh, they were nasty. Like, I I went out to lunch with someone, and she, we both bought lunch, but I wasn't hungry. So I, at the time, was training myself, we're only going to eat when we're hungry, right? Mm-hmm. It just makes sense, right? To some people, they're like, well, obviously, it's really not that obvious to some of us, okay? So <laughs> it takes what it takes. Just glad that I learned a lesson. And so he got these salads, we're outside enjoying it. I remember it like it was yesterday, but it was four years ago. And she said to me, you make me feel like a fat cow because you're not eating. Oh, wow. Girl, I don't know how me not eating on this side of the table could possibly make you feel like that because you ate your salad. Also, girl, it's a salad. Like, it's lettuce, it's leaves, it's (laughs) grass. Calm down. And so when I... When people made those deposits, it was like also they were exchanging something in me because I knew I didn't need anybody to be as nasty to me as I was to myself. And I got to the point where I was just like, I I do not accept. Mm-hmm, I absolutely mm-hmm. do not accept this. Now, I still wasn't necessarily ready to end relationships over it. They... In due time, they opted out for themselves because me being who I 
am who I was created to be, who God said, Joval, this vision that I have promised you is yours. Wait, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Wait, it is coming. I just knew that like that was so much more important to me than anything else, any nasty thing that anybody could say to me. I just had to overcome that. And anytime I began to doubt myself, anytime I would hear some myself something say something negative, I would go, now, is that true? It is not true. What does God say about it? And so I would go to the Bible and I would change sentences into I am statements. Right? Oh, I love so that. I would say, God would say, be strong and courageous. And I'd be like, I am strong and courageous. Knees are quaking. I am not feeling, what is courage? Can't even spell it right now. And so I had to start saying these things about myself. And then one day I became the thing. I became all that I had spoken over my life because I began to believe it. I said it enough and my actions began to align with the things that I was saying, with the the promises that God said, this is who you are. You are nothing. You are the head and not the tail. You're right. You are right. I am the head and not the tail. Why would I let you talk to me like that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had to build myself, my courage, myself worth by loving myself like how God loves me. Yeah, I love that. I love that how you took his word and made it more personal and, and changed it to fit you. One other th- one of the other things that you talked about is you said making it sustainable and fun, whatever it is that you were going to do. What does making it sustainable and fun look like to you? So I knew that every time that I had lost weight before. Whatever I did, it wasn't sustainable. So I was like, well, what is the the pattern? And the pattern was, girl, you hate everything you're doing. Like, that's a strong pattern. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I choosing misery? Right? Like, that's ridiculous. And so hindsight is very 2020, right? If we allow ourselves the gift of hindsight, then we can very... I think almost easily, I don't want to say it, but easily and strategically figure out what can we do differently moving forward so that I don't repeat the past. And so I was like, oh, girl, just make it fun. I will never say it like this. If there is fun involved, I'm going to be there. Okay. What is that Bible verse about a merry heart? Listen, if there's one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to laugh. I don't care what it is. I'm going to find the joy. It is, it is so good for us. It's good for our physical health. So yeah, yeah, let's find the fun in something. You, you sound like me. I always say, and I've said it here on this podcast numerous times that I'm probably laughing most times when I shouldn't be laughing at something because I, I try to find humor and everything. Obviously, there are some situations where obviously there's nothing to be laughed at, but in most cases, I'm not trying to be the, you know, the person that's like all down, I'm gonna find the humor in it. Like, okay, let's, let's change this thing around, you know? Absolutely. And I think we have to, I think otherwise I would always be depressed. Like I just, I was always depressed, right? Like when I didn't figure out how to make this, this life, this, I am a black woman. Okay. The world hates us the most. That's just, when you look at like maternal health rates for black women in the U.S., there are clear solutions and yet there still are no improved outcomes, right? 
And so I have to be as lighthearted as possible about the things that I can be lighthearted with. Because there is too much going on. And it's not to say that my life is easy, because it certainly isn't. But it just means that I meet challenges with humor. Yeah, yeah. Being someone that has this medical a medical background, like you, yourself, when you were previously, you know, at, at a larger weight, were there ever times where you thought, like, you were being, like, a fraudster, you know, being in this healthcare industry, but... You didn't feel like you you looked a certain way that most people would think someone in the industry should look like? Well, that's the problem is because sometimes people think you're supposed to look a certain way to be a certain way. And that's ridiculous. That's foolish. So I had to, and one of the things that I had to do to get here is to stop worrying about what people think about me. Yes. I always, I think we all on some level kind of know that, but we don't all live in that. And so for me, I know that there is no better person than I to have a conversation with someone about, hey, this is what, this is where I am currently. How do I cross the bridge to where I want to be? I can hold your hand in doing that because I don't have judgment. I don't, I'm not going to shame you or damn you. I'm going to say, Oh girl, you got to love yourself though. And you have to love yourself in a way that you have never loved yourself before. Not because you can't, but because you didn't know that you could. And so you just, it's, it is this very beautiful unlearning that I help people through to say, this is where we're starting. Okay, God said all things are possible. Now, he didn't just mean getting a new job that you wanted or getting paid a higher salary. He said all things are possible. So that also means that this this obesity challenge, this weight challenge is just that. It's a challenge. But it is, it is not to say he can't. Mm-hmm. No, you couldn't, but God can. So yes. then how do you partner with God to get that done? I love that. I love that. I love that. And so as you continue to partner with God on this journey every single day, what is it that what what else do you do to take the limits off your ability and make sure that you're continuing to live well? I know that discomfort is where we grow the most, right? It's called the zone of discomfort in education. And that's that is where you grow. So anytime I'm I feel uncomfortable and because that dis- that same discomfort around my own body was my catalyst for growth, for transformation, I pay such close attention to that. I'm like, oh, there's something I got to learn right here. Hold up. Wait a minute. What is it? And if I don't know what it is, I journal about it. I just like kind of, I just notice it, right? I just, I think that our life is one of noticing, right? What what do I need to know? What is God trying to teach me in this moment, in the midst of this challenge? The Bible also says glory in your struggle. So if something is hard, I can't just bemoan it and be sad and depressed about it. There's some good thing. He said glory in it. Like glory though, you in the struggle. This one right here, not <laughs> I didn't even want to do this one. And yet, and so we have to pay attention so that we can learn how to be 
bold and courageous so that we can learn the perseverance and courage and have hope and patience, passionate patience, the Bible calls it, not just with ourselves, but with other people. Because I had to learn how to do what I at one point thought was impossible, man, I have the utmost patience with other people when they are like, I don't think I can do it. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. You could do it. You know how I know? Because I did it. And if you saw me five years ago, or actually six years ago, you'd be like, well, how did you get from all the way over there to all the way over here? And sometimes I still look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I can't believe this is me. And remind the people that are listening exactly where you started and where you are today. Yeah, thank you. So I, at my highest, was like 265. I think it was really 271. I am five feet four and one half inches tall. So, so I am not the tallest. So I was like a size 18, really a size 20 in pants, but I refused to have a two. So I was like, I'm 18. Girl, it's an 18 stretch. <laughs> Right? Like, you are funny. It's an 18 stretch. It's really a 20, if we're going to be honest, but okay. And now I'm like in the 810. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 175. Yeah. Congratulations to you, though. Thank you. That was, and I, that's a, I'm like, okay, thanks. Yes. No, I mean, it, take, it takes commitment to continue to show up for anything. And in this example, you're, you continue to show up for yourself. That's, that's, that's what you weighed. And today you can, you can, you can sit before me. You can stand before a crowd. You can tell the woman who is at the 265 or 271, depending on the day, right? (laughs) (laughs) That you can really, you can really relate with her. You're not just speaking from a person that's smaller or always been smaller. You can speak to her from a place of, I know how you feel. I know what you're going through. And I can also tell you that. You can change and things can change, but you have to want to yeah. make that change, to be that change, yeah. to see that Absolutely. change, to feel that change. Okay, so I'm going to try it again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tisha. You're yeah. welcome. Because I, 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 when I believed I couldn't, I didn't, right? So at one point, I also believed that I wasn't smart enough to study nursing. And then life was life in as it does. And so I was like, okay, well... Maybe I need to back up a little. I need to back up my personal experience with some education. So that's why I got my degree in nursing because I wanted to be able to say, okay, even if my experience is not enough, I now have a master's degree and also a whole bunch of student loan debt that also further confirms and a nursing license that says I am credentialed. I know how to do this. And those two years in school, the only thing that I studied was black women in obesity. That's it. That's why I'm here. There is nothing like I know what my purpose is. I know what my, not even just my purpose, but I know what my vision is. And I know that my vision is promised. And I know that I was called created so that I can help other women, black women, especially women of color, women of faith, live the life that God promised us. But we just have to say, hold up, how can I use all of the things that I have? And we have so many, even though there are so many things working against us, we have so many things, so many strategies, music, right? We have art, we have song, we have dance. 
if you put on a soca song right now, I'm gonna start whining. Like there's just <laughs> there's no two ways about it, okay? And so don't tell me that you don't have time, right? Because that's what what people always say. I don't have time. Yes, you do. What are you doing in the five minutes in the morning while you're flossing and you're brushing your teeth? What are you doing when I am washing dishes? I will also be stretching. I'm doing calf raises. Now, I'm not saying I do this every day all the time, but I'm saying that every little bit adds up. Intentional and movement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And through your studying of Black women and women of faith, what is it that you have found and through speaking from the stage and events that you've been a part of or podcasts that you've been on, what message or myth what myth would you like to debunk and what message would you like for women to take, like, from your story? I asked you a lot right there, so sorry about know, that. Also, but, but it just all came to me, like, from studying, you know, what did you gather? And then just being out in the field and then having a story of your own. Like, it all has impact and there's layers to it. Absolutely. So I will do my best to answer all of those, but definitely let me know if I missed a part. My single biggest takeaway while I was in school is that imposter syndrome, that thing that we feel like when we, when we know in our heart of hearts that we don't belong, that's somebody else's mustard seed that was planted in us and grew roots, right? Mm -hmm. That imposter syndrome is not, I feel like I don't belong. It's somebody else made me feel as though I don't belong. However, I am in this space. So surely other people who opened the door, pulled out the seat and allowed me to sit at this table told me that I belong. Imposter syndrome is in fact a form of racism. That was my single biggest takeaway from nursing school. Because let me tell you, I felt like an imposter while I was there. Because so many times, the amount of discrimination that I faced in that program, I was like, God, why did you send me here? Why, I, we had a real good discussion before I started this program. <laughs> I knew that it was going to be everything that I needed. I applied to one program because I was like, this is it. This is where I'm going. And yet in the midst of it, the the discrimination, the adversity, the struggle, I had to find glory in it. And when I found the glory in it, what I had to realize is, oh, God wants me to take care of myself. God wants me to no longer put school on the pedestal, but to put him on the pedestal. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, I'd say, okay, I had a life before I got to school. I'm going to still have a life now because a lot of people have said, and actually during my nursing school interview, my instructor was like, so you know, you're not going to have a lot of time to see family and friends while you're in this program. How are you going to do it? And I was like, self-care. Okay. I I was like, ma'am, I have been preparing for this moment, but then cut to a year later. And I was like, hold on, I sit down and then I fall asleep because I'm so sleep deprived. I've never, and the only reason that I knew how long I was sleeping is because I have a smartwatch. I've never been that neglected. Mm. I had neglected myself so much 
that I realized that in order to treat imposter syndrome, we have to do the things that we all know. We all know to do. I didn't need to go. Y'all don't need a degree in nursing to know that we need to drink water. We need to move our body. We need to eat good, delicious, and nutritious foods. We need to have fun. We need to be in community. We live well when we're in community. We can't do life by ourselves. And so imposter syndrome is this thing that we think it's only ever me, right? Sometimes, like, thanks to social media, we all know everybody deals with it. Mm -hmm. But when we are in the midst of it, how do I deal with it? How am I going to show up? What does my faith have to say about this? And Mm -hmm. my faith was very clear. This is it. This has only ever always been it. Taking care of myself means that I'm also taking care of the God who lives in me, and that is how I'm supposed to live. That is how I can live well and healthy and good and honestly in in abundance, that I would have the life and have it more, have it be more than I could ever ask, imagine, or think. Love that. Love that. You talked about self-care. What self-care practice do you follow today to continue building your confidence and just making sure that you're feeling better in your body as you move throughout the day? There's really only one question that I continue to ask myself, and that is, what do I need right now? Hmm. That is self-care. Because if I were to tell you, oh, Every day it's X. No, I am changing. I am not God. I change all the time. We are people, and that is what we are known for. We are known for changing. What served me today certainly did not serve me five or ten years ago, and it's yeah. not going to serve me five or ten years from now. Right. And so right now, that's, that is always the question because it's always going to get me straight through to the thing that I need. But sometimes, like, when you're first starting, you're like, I don't know what I need. Okay, well, try something out. Trial and error, girl. Just try it out. Do I need water? Like, am Let I me gonna... see how I feel after I drink these first 16 ounces. <laughs> Listen! And then you notice, right? Because life truly hmm, is about I'm not noticing. as parched anymore. <laughs> Speaking of, let me just, like, get my little water because... We have to notice what we need in order to give it to ourselves. And so in order for me to heal, in order for all of us to heal, we have to notice the wound and then say, ooh, what do we need to do with this wound? How can we address it? Do I need a Band-Aid? Do I need to go to the ER because I know I'm going to need stitches? Like, what is the thing? Because it's not the same every day not the same every moment it's not the same every month it changes i love that okay now we're going to head into what i like to call our final four it's just four short questions no right or wrong answer you just respond with the first thing that comes to mind okay i will say okay but also because in preparation for this episode i listened to a few episodes i'm like i'm gonna try to not i'm I'm gonna just give it off the top oh did you write that about this I, I was okay. like, girl, don't write because this is this goes against what she's going for. So. <laughs> you are all good. You are all good. <laughs> you can, you can have written them down and have them memorized. Now she's been like, I got these things like a pro. I'm ready for you. Now I'm gonna mix them up. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> First of all, for you is describe age in four words or less. 
nothing and everything. I like that. Tell me more. Yeah, we think that by a certain age, I must be at. And I actually remember telling my aunt that if I can't graduate nursing school by 40, I'm not going to go. She was like, oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and it was. It was foolish. I recognize that now. We think that we must be this perfect thing by a certain time. But there is no timeline. There is no guideline. What is for you is for you. It is always going to be yours. And so even if you take a detour to get to what's yours, it's still yours. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how old you are. Age means literally nothing. I love that. This one is a fill in the blank for you. My name is, and age has taught me. My name is Jarvel, and age has taught me that there is nothing that I cannot do and that I am whole, complete, and I lack nothing, and that there is never a good time to not try something new. Amen. Come on, Jarvel. I love that, girl. <laughs> this one is, um, are you asked for permission or asked for forgiveness? I am I'm just going to do what I want sometimes and just kind of hope for the best. I don't know that I'm actually going to even ask for forgiveness because why am I going to ask for forgiveness for something that I know is true and good and right? <laughs> Wait, it's, it's the way you said it, the facial expressions, the shoulder shrug. I'm loving it. I'm over here dying like, yes, it's okay. I see you. I hear you. Comfortable silences are nonstop conversation. Did you say comfortable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no. I want uncomfortable silence all the time. I live in the discomfort. I want people to be uncomfortable. I challenge the status quo, and so I enjoy. A, so I just change your question, okay? It's because all good. <laughs> I want us to all know that discomfort won't kill us. So be uncomfortable. Let the silence linger. Learn. Hold on to the silence for a second. Yes, I love that. What final words do you have for our listeners and where can they connect with you after this podcast? So I think, you know, first of all, this has been such a lovely conversation. I have really enjoyed it. And there are so many similarities among me and your most recent five or six previous guests. And that is there's really nothing new under the sun. And so even though when we feel alone and we feel like, I don't think anybody else is going to understand, I promise you, there is someone else who understands. And not just someone, but a community Mm -hmm. of people who Mm -hmm. understand and who have gone through the very thing that you are hoping to overcome. Mm -hmm. So find those people, find your people, and those are the people who are going to help you feel stronger when you're weak. So whatever the thing is, no matter how small of a step you take to get from where you are to where you want to be, keep stepping. You cannot lose 100 pounds until you lose a pound. And so take the first step, do the first action to just begin. I love that. And where can they connect with you? So you can find me on Instagram at Extend Yourself Grace, also on Facebook at Joval Webb, W-E-B-B-E, and that's J-O-V-A-L. And you can also find me on LinkedIn at the same Joval Webb. Yeah. And I know we didn't talk about this through in our, in our conversation, but if you could just tell the people a little bit about 
what type of support you provide to women for those who are listening before they get to your website if they are interested? Yeah, absolutely. So I help people uncover the truth of what God says about us so that we can use that to align where we are to where we want to be, right? So what are the strategies? Like, I know what I did, and I know what is true, universally true for everyone to live healthy, right? Especially given all of my research. And so I'm marrying our faith, what God says about us with science, also what God says about us, and who we are. Wherever you are is the most beautiful, wonderful, amazing place to begin. And so instead of damning yourself, I really, you know where I could have been if I did, if I started last year. Okay, girl, but you didn't. And that's okay. Let's start today. And so I'm actually looking for a small group of women because I am now working full time in my entrepreneurial endeavors with Extend Yourself Grace. Because I really want a small group of women to say, hey, let's do this together. Because I know what happens in the power of community. I know in my heart of hearts. And not only do I know what happens, I have seen it. I have helped clients one-on-one to transform not just their lives, but intergenerationally. Their their moms are getting on board. Mm -hmm. Their kids are also getting on board. Because when you make it fun, everybody wants in. Right. Right. So how can we do that? So if you're interested, please reach out to me. You can shoot me an email even at extendyourselfgrace at gmail.com and just let me know you want in, girl, and we will talk because I am here to serve. I desperately want the women to live the life that they envision for themselves. So, Again, thank you so much for being a guest here today. I've truly enjoyed this conversation with you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Ageless Conversations podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your review really does help others find out about the podcast. As always, you can head over to my website now at TamekaMixier.com to sign up for my email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Talk to you all next week.